Hey guys, this is Brad and Mike from Dallas Geek, and we are here with our friend Erica with Scarlet Muse Cosplay. And we're here to talk all about your cosplay adventures. Okay. Uh, I, I guess you call it that adventures, mishaps. Misadventures. Uh, 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 there we go. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> in that case, uh, whenever Mike decides to join us for the interview, I, I guess he will. So how exactly did you get started in cosplay? Um, well, my very first cosplay that I ever did was accidental. It was at Akon. Alright guys, I... before I go, let's do this. It is great to meet you. Oh, we already... Oh. Hi, Erica my... with Scarlet Me's Cosplay. We're just talking about how I started my... in the cosplay community. My bad guys. My first year at Akon, <laughs> I decided to wear all of my like gothic crazy stuff and kind of do something crazy with my hair because I had a really weird haircut at the time. So I put the top half up into these like little pigtails and uh, I had a guitar purse that my mom had got me and all this stuff. And I just, I saw a lot of other people walking around in the gothic stuff and they were really ex accepted into the community. People wanted pictures with them. They looked cool, you know, so I just wore all that stuff. And um, as soon as I got there, maybe like five or 10 minutes into being at the convention, a bunch of people were just like, Misa, and I was like, who is that? <laughs> and so somebody like pulls it up on their phone and they showed me and I was just like, oh my gosh, I do look like I'm dressed as this character. And so I changed the name on my badge and I went as Misa the rest of the con. And after that, I started, I went home and started working on my own cosplays. The first cosplay I ever did was actually because I was obsessed with Lisa Frank. Okay. Um, and like the Technicolors and stuff. So we went to Joann's and me and my dad got this like Technicolor leopard print fabric that I was just like in love with. And it was on clearance and we just bought it all. Nice. And I went home with it and he was working on a Viking suit for Halloween. And so I kind of sat down with him and I made my boots while he made his, you know, bear fur boots. And then I made big paws, like he showed me how to do the gloves and everything. So he's, he's actually the one that taught me how to sew okay. initially. Um, and then I did like my big mask and everything. And so my first cosplay was actually just a neon rainbow Neko cat person. Like a, ra a rave Neko, I think is what I called it. Um, nice. Cause I was playing a lot of Second Life and that was really popular sure. in Second Life sure. was the cat ears and going to raves. <laughs> So that was my first cosplay. Uh, I know that the last time uh, that we spoke, you had a pretty decent number of cosplays that you had made uh, by this past February, mm -hmm. February, March-ish. Yeah. Um, so how many are you up to now, give or take? I think then I was probably in the 70s. I was at like almost 80. Um, now I'm actually, I'm, I'm almost at like 90, I believe. I haven't done a recount just yet, but I did just finish like three. I have Spider-Gwen. I now have my My Hero Academia uniform, which I actually can do multiple characters with, uh, depending on how I do my wigs and stuff. And then I also have my Oron High School host club. Okay. Um, I can do Haruhi along with Honey. I like both characters. Um, depends nice. if I want to drag around a giant bunny rabbit or not. It just depends. I do a lot of different things with my uh, cosplays, but yeah, I definitely already added quite a few things to the arsenal. I finished my Super Saiyan armor, I think was after that, because I did that for yep. Kamehameha Khan. Yep. Um, so I think I had just barely sketched that out at all cons, so that now already exists. Um, I actually brought the chest plate, if you want to pass that over. Um, yep. I didn't know we were plugging so stuff today. Is... I would have brought stuff. <laughs> oh, this isn't about me? No, no not, not quite your show and tell. Okay, fair. That's like every other time we do. I didn't think I needed yeah. to plug it. Is it leaking? Um, <laughs> this, so this is my Super Saiyan armor, which I actually, I went to, I was playing Bula, Vegeta's daughter, who mm -hmm. was just born in the end of Super, and I was just like, 
wanted to wear Vegeta's, Vegeta's armor, but kind of make it into one of the existing characters. Sure. So I was doing Bula, and um, when I made this, I did the corset out of the 80 millimeter thin uh, durable foam that they now have at TNT, so it's sewable. So I actually sewed a corset out of the foam, and then did all the other foam work on it. But it's, um, it's interesting because I spent an hour per stripe of this gluing these stripes of foam with barge, and then got to the convention and was looking at all the other Saiyan armor, and they had used like thick foam and just drilled the lines in there. Oh wow. Would have been so much faster. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you win some, you lose some, you learn things. But uh, It turned out really nice. But that's my Saiyan corset, so I've got like the gloves and boots and everything, but that's the the main body part that I that I really like. Um, so I've done that since then. I also um, had just finished my aerial top, I think, at um, AllCon. Um, so I kind of debuted this and was showing people how I get it to stay in place. I actually use a low temperature melting hot glue uh, that gets tacky when it reaches uh, 80 degrees. So if I wear this, because boobs are warm, it gets tacky so it sticks and stays in place after just having it on for a few moments so it doesn't wow. slip around while I'm wearing it. Okay. And all I do to refresh this is I run the tip of the hot glue gun while it's heated up across this and make this stripe of glue um, solid again and okay. then put it on and boom. So for this kind of method, would it actually require any kind of uh, retouching over time uh, with the melting and uh, cooling, melting, cooling? Yeah, so as it melts and cools, it tends to crack through here, but all you do is run the hot glue over it, because once you remelt it and it re-solidifies again, it goes back to that tacky nature. Okay. So, so you don't, uh, have you had to reapply new glue to it at any point or is it still the original? For the most amount? part, no. I just run the hot glue gun across here and it stays flat and it, it remelts and solidifies to the to the bra. Neat. So yeah, and even if you needed to add hot glue, like if some of it cracked and fell off or something just in, in moving, because I put it out on my booth a lot or whatever, then sure. hot glue is super cheap. It's like 50 cents for a stick of glue, so. Okay. <laughs> so. Stuff like that. I mean, the sewing, you uh, you can kind of figure out, if you're trying to get into cosplay, you can mm -hmm. kind of figure out certain things uh, have to be sewn a certain way, or at least kind Starting of- Starting out with patterns is really, out. really great. But like the, the glue trick, how did you figure that out? Was that something that somebody suggested to you? Did you have to look it up online? It was actually just because I had made um, some arm steampunk armor that I had hot glued together because I used to try to save a lot of money. I didn't have the right kinds of glues that I should have been using because hot glue for steampunk armor is a bad idea because if you're standing outside in Texas heat, your gears are going to fall off. Yeah. But I made a cool like arm piece um, to wear to all con, I think it was like five or six years ago. Yeah. Um, and when I wore it, it after a few minutes started to stick to my arm and not move. And then that's when I kind of came up with the idea for my thigh highs. I ran a strip of hot glue along the inside of a thigh high to get it to stay up. Yeah. And so ever since then I've kind of used that as a as a non-moving thing, but not to necessarily hold things to the costume. Okay. Just to get things to stick to me because I have to keep in mind that it gets tacky. Sure. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. So that's how I learned that. <laughs> Just happy mistakes. <laughs> Very cool. I mean, you said that you learned a lot of the sewing uh, techniques from your dad mm -hmm. and uh, some of this other stuff you've kind of learned just by happy accident. Mm -hmm. um, has YouTube there... videos, cosplayers, it just depends. Yeah, uh, so has there been a particular resource that you've been able to use uh, for learning new techniques that you didn't already know? Like, is uh, YouTube been a big thing or is just the community overall been very helpful YouTube is great stuff? and the community is great. It okay. really just depends. So if I have a project coming up, I'll go to a convention and, you know, I'll get to talking to people because they want to know, like, what the next big 
project is and stuff like that. And then I'll ask them, like, actually, I was curious about this one part of this project, you know. And then also, I'm on a few cosplayers um, group pages. Okay. Um, Kamui Cosplay's group page is amazing. Um, you can go on there. I think it's called Kamui's, Kamui's Cosplay Advice. You get on there and you post what you're working on and ask for what she would use and if they have any advice. And her, along with other cosplayers, will actually get on there and respond to you. And it's extremely helpful. Huh. When I was working on my um, giant build for Akon, even, I was like, how should I paint this gigantic bird since I made it white and now I need it to be green? Yeah. Um, and they kind of told me, you know, what kind of paint to use and how to paint it and all that kind of stuff. So it's very, very helpful. And the cosplay community is just, they are all for helping people create stuff because they want to see it happen. So, sure. So yeah, it's really wonderful. Nice. So what's the uh, what's the craziest costume thing that you've done? Whether the craziest technique that you had to figure out or craziest actual execution? Um, that would actually be what I did at Akon, which okay. is why I I have I have never in my whole life of going to Akon, which we're, we we were talking about this earlier. We're yeah. not sure when it started, but <laughs> since it started. Um, <laughs> Um, since it started, I've never missed like the Friday and Saturday night dances, parties, all that kind of stuff. Like I always go out and that's when I get really social yeah. and I love to go to like the DJ events and I, I love to dress up as my rave person and all that kind of stuff. But Friday night I skipped it because I was doing the J uh, Fashion Show Saturday morning okay. and I had to be there at 7 a.m. Um, so, so I did all that and everything and then we had our pre-judging at 1. Okay. So I had to get into this costume, which was a full school uniform with a jacket over it and a tie. And then we had armor on over that with these boots. And then we had a, um, a harness with a giant um, green phoenix on my back with like light up eyes and everything. So once I have all of these things on, hmm. it's extremely hot. Because I've got a sure. full uniform with a jacket and the armor. There's just no breathability there. And a giant phoenix on your back. Yes. Yeah. 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 Kind of heavy, really hard to get through crowds. We ended up attaching all of the wings to me so that they weren't smacking people and getting bent <laughs> the wrong direction. Sure. So we attach all of those, we get in there, we do the pre-judging. By the time we got up to our room and got out of them to cool off because we were like drenched, hmm? um, it was already time for us to start trying to put it back on to get to the competition. Wow. Because you had to be at the competition lined up early. Okay. So we put it all right back on. We get down there for competition. We didn't get out of the competition until like 10.30. And yeah, and then we had pictures in the water garden after we had the stuff on. Wow. Um, so we got done at like 11 o'clock. And by the time I was back out of it, I was just dead. I think I was dead before the competition was over actually. And they were just like, you wow. have to finish this. And I was like, I yeah. know, because we've been working on it for three months. <laughs> so like... It was really important to me to like go and to do it, but there was definitely times waiting in the hallway where I was like, was, I'm just done because the harness really is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know about competing anymore. It's yeah. just so stressful. It's a lot, yeah. So stressful, it's just, uh, and it takes up so much time at the bigger conventions. The yeah. walk-ons, I'm all for it, but at the bigger conventions, I, I don't know how much I'm gonna do that in the future just because I like to enjoy the convention and I like to run around with people. And, sure. And that was, it was intense, but that was probably my craziest build. It just had so many pieces, and the bird was heavy, and it had like a PVC pipe hook coming out of my lower back to hold the bird up over my shoulder because his head came right up over my shoulder. Cool. Yeah, I saw um, the pictures. Uh, yeah. I, I w kind of wish I had been able to see it in person because that, yeah. that looked impressive. 
I was a little upset because he looked cooler when I first attached him, uh, but throughout the day, the harness stretched a little bit and the so PVC kind of slipped, so it got to where his head was like down back here oh, no. instead of like up on <laughs> my shoulder. So yeah. some technical difficulty, which I might be able to work out with in the future, like sure. figure out a better way to rig it, but. Sure. But for at the time, it was just kind of like, well, I thought it was going to stay where it was. <laughs> okay. So. So I guess that brings me to a question. Yeah, I get to talk to Brent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just waiting. Uh-huh. Um, uh -huh. So you said technical difficulties. How much of, of cosplaying and how much of what you've made is trial and error? Like, you have an idea, you try it out, it doesn't work, so now you've got to take it back to the drawing board? Or, like, you have to scrap an entire idea? Or is it just, like, a step back and then maybe try something? I would say probably around 40 or 50% of my cosplays that I've made 100% from scratch I have worn and then needed to fix. And even if I wore it like multiple days, I need to change something for day two to make it more wearable. Okay. But I do have some cosplays that I have morphed from extremely inconvenient to very convenient by even just going from having thigh highs to getting those pantyhose, you know, that have like the thigh high in the pantyhose. So yeah. it's, it looks like a thigh high, but it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Just so it's one less thing for me to bend over and pull. Cause if I bend over and pull that and I've got wings, and a wig on, then the wig goes over the wings, right. and the wings yeah. are down here, and I've screwed everything up on my top half, and I have to redo sure. everything up here just because I fixed a thigh high. Sure. So it's rough. It's rough. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> a lot of trial and error with all these props, you know? Then I guess uh, to tag on to his question, what has been your biggest costume disaster that you started, you got really into it, and in the middle of making it, it just completely fell apart? Like, there was oh, no salvaging it. Oh, gosh. I don't know if there's anything that I totally gave up on. I mean, there was some ideas that have definitely failed and have started over on a different path. Or I've attempted, well, my I, I had a Starfire that I attempted, the old school Starfire, where she has, like, the levitating clothes. Yep. Um, and it was the, it has, like, the strap that goes up, strap that goes down, and then shoulder pads and, like, the little triangles that go right here and end. And that's all the clothing that she has. There's yep. no straps in between the bottom or the right. top. There's not, yeah. Yep. So I was trying to use, like, clear cords across here, and I used, like, um, chest padding for the shoulders to hold that fabric there. Okay. Because... Okay. There wasn't a whole lot else to hold it there yeah because it's a cool design but like do i glue it to myself like i just yeah. don't it was weird yeah so maybe just double-sided tape everywhere which i didn't used to use so maybe you know i might actually retry this adventure with starfire but that is definitely a project that is still in pieces in a drawer because by the time i got the top put together with the little clear straps it just it just wasn't working and so i just looked at other other versions of starfire and i ended up doing a team titan starfire Got and it. then I did a body paint of a yep. different Starfire, but I have yet to make the really classic adult Starfire out of fabric because all the things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, there are definitely yeah. certain superhero costumes that are really difficult to execute in reality compared oh, yeah. to how you can draw it. Yeah. So, um, actually, that, that's uh, another point I kind of want to touch on, which is for the inspiration that you get for the costumes that you do, mm -hmm. uh, do you find that uh, most of your inspiration comes from anime, uh, comic books, TV shows, a little bit of everything. It depends on what events I'm looking at that I want to go to because I really like to be in theme of the event. Okay. Um, so when I heard about Kaneha Khan, I was like, I have to have something from DBZ. So that was when I started on the Saiyan armor. So it just depends on what I'm looking to go to because I have, there's, I'm a fan of a lot of different things. I did start out in anime though. That was my big thing, like all through middle school, high school, like I loved anime. 
So a lot of my earlier cosplays are all anime and uh, a lot of my stuff that I'm doing now still kind of branches back to anime. But when I go to comic book conventions, like I'm never going to go to something that says Comic-Con in the title and wear an anime costume. That confuses me. Okay. Because it's a comic book convention. But that's just me. I don't have a problem with it. It's fine. So Whatever though, you want to wear. Even though a lot of the comic book conventions have started to have a lot more anime presence in them. Yeah. For some reason, Dragon Ball doesn't throw me off. Like, I didn't realize that at all the Comic-Cons recently, they have Dragon Ball voice actors. Okay. And I was like, oh yeah, that is anime. <laughs> so I guess it is kind of crossing over. Okay. Um, fan, fan Expo, they had Disney. Yeah, so it is kind of starting to just be yeah. like, every convention is everything. I think it's just starting but, to become pop culture in general, yeah. essentially. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. But usually I try to make my next thing be in theme of whatever I'm planning to do that year. That being said, I can still pick three anime characters, three comic book characters, you know, char characters from different genres, and I can still manage to wear them all that year because there's so many different conventions. Sure, sure, sure. So it just depends. Speaking of all the different conventions that you do, do you know generally how many conventions you tend to uh, go to over the course of a given year? I can't tell you my current like average for sure. I can tell you that I know the most I've ever been to in a year is 46. Holy crap. In Texas or just overall? All in DFW. Wow. Huh. Okay. Well, actually, I take that back. Hold on. I did count two in Louisiana. I did go to two in Louisiana that year. Um, but that also includes, it does include Austin. Okay. Austin, Louisiana. So, I haven't gone to any in San Antonio yet, though. What, how many? 46. There's only 52 weekends in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you are correct. That is actually very there impressive. There were multiple months where we went every weekend. That is actually very impressive. I mean, especially because huh. so many people tend to forget just how many options there are for conventions. Well, and that in includes gaming too, because I went to yeah. multiple uh, gaming conventions. Because okay. I went to like awesome. the MLG competitions. Okay. I went to Screw Attack Gaming. Okay. I went to QuakeCon. So you have those mixed in with the you know five different anime conventions, yeah. anime CTX, sure. um, IkiCon. You know, I, okay. I went to all the stuff in Austin, all the stuff in Dallas, and that was for gaming, anime, comic books, uh, fantasy. So everything. Okay. Cool. Nice. So of all the different types of conventions, do you have a preference? My favorite type of convention is anime conventions because they run 24 hours and the people are so fun. And you get to spend so much time with people. Okay. Like it's just so fun. Um, there's a few other conventions that aren't centrally anime that now run 24 hours, but they're still kind of figuring out the kinks and everything. Okay. Um, uh, my favorite convention really right now, um, it's kind of between, Allcon is a great small convention, Sure. But Anime Fest has stepped in and replaced what Akon used to be so many years ago. So Akon was smaller yeah. and in the Sheraton and it was so fun and it was attached to the Plaza of the Americas. You could sure. just go over there and get fast food, come back to the convention, and just everything was right there. And the hotel was just those two floors and Skybridge. And so it was just fun to like ride across Skybridge, go check out that panel and go check out that panel. Now it's like six hotels and a convention center and it's just like you look at it and you're like, oh my god, my brain hurts. And I heard it was on the mess this year. I, I don't know, because I only was at J Fashion Show and the competition. I okay. didn't really, yeah, I didn't exist outside of like the cosplay <laughs> events that I did, yeah. so I have no idea what happened to the rest of the convention. Yeah, and I was only uh, there for Sunday, so by that point, everything had uh, that could have gone wrong already had, so I, I got the benefit right. of everything was done. So. But Anime Fest is now at the Sheraton where Akon used to be, and it's now the same size that okay. Akon used to be. So it's really kind of the same thing, so I'm really, really looking forward to okay. to that. And that's my favorite kind because you also have all of the um, nighttime events. You have like comedy shows, 
and you get to really um, do fun things with the people that you have stuff in common with. Not saying that the panels during the day aren't fun, it's just that, it's you know, a lot of them are more informative yeah. than just for fun. Yeah, yeah. So um, my follow-up to that would be, how do they run a convention 24? Like, do they have some kind of scheduled event going on, like, all throughout the day? Or is oh, it yeah. really just like, no, you guys can just do whatever you have free reign? Well, there are rooms where you have free reign. There's, okay. like, uh, gaming rooms, like, video games and board games. And then there are also screening rooms. So there's screening new animes okay. that Funimation has recently dubbed over or nice. classic animes that people are fans of. So they have uh, multiple theaters that are screening animes all night. So if you ha hit a lull in between like a weird panel that ended at like 3 a.m. or something and there's nothing going on until like 8 a.m. or something, then you can go into the screening room and you can mm -hmm. still keep hanging out with people playing Cards Against Humanity, doing stuff that, you know, nerds like to do with things. I feel like if you hit a lull at that point, you should be sleeping. <laughs> um, some don't do that during conventions. It's the weirdest thing. Well, I mean, if you go to sleep, <laughs> then, <laughs> then it must be nice to be young. Well, if you go to sleep, you have to sleep. If you stay awake, then, you know, just get some coffee, keep going. You never give yourself a chance to be able to get down. It makes Sunday very interesting. <laughs> well, okay, so you missed out uh, at Acon. Yeah, I did. There I, was, uh, there were a couple of the people that I was with that as soon as they came over, they were chugging coffee saying that, oh yeah, they had been up all night, had only stopped for like an hour to sleep over in the corner of the lobby of the uh, hotel across the street and then get right back into it. Um, and they just been uh, going for two days straight at, at least. And for them at least it worked because you know they were joking hardly. So yeah. any roughness yeah, they just, just kind of they were just falling fit. into character. Yeah, it just fit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean that, that makes complete sense that you know that would be something that would work great for the community. So yeah. it, it is kind of sad that you don't have more conventions that offer that kind of experience. I don't but, think that's necessary. Really? Okay. Because we're not ready to stay up all night, every night, for four nights in a row, five times a year. Yeah, some of us have jobs, Brad. I, I, but if we on. want to, if we if we so if we so if our hearts so desire that we want to do that more times a year, we can go to Austin or San Antonio or to any other of the dozens and dozens of other anime sure. conventions that are all over. So the 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 twenty four hour conventions, there is no shortage of those. That's um, just that's just that there's that type, and then there's the daytime okay. conventions, which are mostly the vendor halls and the guests. So it just depends on what you're more into, and I'm more into the nighttime interactive stuff, uh, the the concerts. Concerts sure. at anime conventions are amazing, and you get to listen to people that did the music for intros and closings for your favorite shows. Sure. And in person, so you're getting these awesome concerts. You're getting hang out, hang out with all those other people. You're getting your convention side of it. So you're getting your vendors, your informative panels. You're getting your guests. You're just getting all of it just submerged for multiple days and it's just that's what's really great about it is that they bring in the concerts and everything in the same like genre nice so, mm, very so nice. that's what's super fun about it but i don't i don't think there's a shortage of those at all <laughs> very cool okay well so you were doing your poison ivy mm -hmm. and you had the little, little the, the monster yeah, yeah, yeah. Make, megan prosca had made that okay so i guess um a couple things number one is the idea to, to put that guy on there. Huh? So, and then the green contacts, which still freaked me the <laughs> But so, I guess it's the attention to detail. So I guess like my question being, like how much of that is, as you're putting it together, stuff pops in your head like, oh, this would be a really good small detail if I did this. Or maybe you go back later on and you'd be like, man, I totally should have done this instead or like kind of switched it up. I lay out the cosplay okay. and I kind of have like a game plan for making the actual like fabrication part okay. of it. 
And then um, once I'm done with that portion of it, I put it on and I'm like, all right, this looks okay. Not feeling 100% like the character though. What's missing? And I will Google image the character like okay. 80 million times, slowly adding different things. And um, recently I have delved more into the makeup part of things. So I've done a lot more with um, with the foundation and the yeah. Con contouring. Yeah, there we go. The contouring and the contact colors because I didn't used to do all of that stuff. But that has really brought out my characters more. The, the crazy contacts, the contouring, the eyelashes, the okay. hair, like all that is so important for making you look more like the character right. and changes it so much. So I've delved more into that recently and then also like the different prosthetics, um, accessories are really important and also every time I go to get my nails filled because crafting you break them a lot. Really? So crafting is damaging for your hands? Never want to go. Yeah. So I have to keep a little, a little coat of acrylic on there if I want to have nails at all. Otherwise I just want nails. When I go to get them filled I always research what my characters are going to be for the next three weeks to make sure my nails will work. Okay. Oh, with nice. all of them. So it's, I guess, has it turned into like planning ahead? Because you said like you start with kind of like a base thing and then you start going back and looking at like, I guess. Yeah. Well, especially now I that I have conventions like, every other weekend. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay. So there's just stuff lining out of our room. You can even see that right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's boots everywhere. There's pieces of hair everywhere. Um, I guess. Um, if, real hair? If you want to touch on that. Um, horse hair. Because okay. it's dyeable. Because I'm like, I'm, um, I, I'm sorry, the horror, the horror movie fan in me just heard, yeah, there's hair everywhere, and I just, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Some people don't know how much I do uh, with prosthetics in my hair. Um, so I buy blonde horse hair. Actually, this says 100% human hair. It is human hair. I thought, I, you know. I'm a little creeped out by well, that, but I guess continue. So, <laughs> so I buy blonde hair. So you have somebody else's hair on your head. I have blonde hair at Sally Beauty, you, you and I dye it. Before, right? That's not an uncommon practice. And I dye it to match my hair, and then when I want to change things, I just put it on or take it out. And so I have a lot of different extensions and things. When I was Poison Ivy, I had a whole yeah. uh, two tracks in my hair that was just more hair to make it more full. And so we got done shooting outside, and one of them had slipped, and I pulled it out, and he was like, "Oh my God, what happened?" I'm like, "No, it just looks like my hair." <laughs> um, but but yeah, and I have I have five different bang attachments that I do if I want to go back and forth. My bangs that I cut on my hair this morning is because I wanted this look on me permanently for like work and stuff. But if I want to not have it for cosplay, I just pull because I didn't cut them that far back. I just pull this long hair and pull it over, and you don't even know I have bangs because they're so thin. Um, and this, a lot of people think this is interesting. My top knot for Slave Leia. I for Slave Leia, I actually put my hair in a bun on top of my head. And this goes over the bun. This is the hairdo. And it goes over the bun. And then I attach a braid extension that I have at home that has the little bronze piece on it. I attach a braid extension that comes down. So really none of it is my hair except for what's pulled back. Huh. Oh, wow. um, and then the big bronze pieces go up the sides of this. Okay. So the updo and everything is just kind of done for me. So most of my work getting ready in that costume is putting the other um, prosthetic pieces or um, accessory pieces on the hair and doing the makeup and stuff. I never would have guessed you can do that much with hair. Yeah, so, all kinds of stuff. So I've got pigtails, I've got bangs, yeah. I've got extension tracks to make my hair fuller. I've got pieces to tuck my hair under and make my hair look short, okay. um, all kinds of stuff so that I can still use my natural hair somewhat and not yeah. a full wig if I want to. And I also have all those pieces for my wigs as well. 
So I have all of those same pieces in red, black, and blonde. Okay. Oh, which is a lot of hair. I mean, it's not used to <laughs> necessary. I used to know something. I used to know something. <laughs> to be all the characters. For a lot of your costumes, do you, at least now, have a tendency to lean more towards using hair extensions or wigs rather than trying to uh, work with your natural hair, or is it kind of Yeah, I used to do my natural hair because wigs were really itchy, and I did conventions for fun. Sure. I, it wasn't for any other reason, so the cosplays were just like, I'm going, I might as well be a character because that's fun, and then take pictures with other people and stuff. But now, I really, since I'm doing it more professionally, and people are looking at me so much more, and looking up to me and stuff, I'm like, I wanna be more true to the characters. I okay. wanna get more on point. So, I'm trying to do more things to make them more accurate. And I'm also getting into wigs more because I want to branch out into more characters. Um, so, so that kind of, using my natural hair limits me a little bit, and also, a lot of redheads, I was just playing with my normal hair and just doing like a realistic version of them. But at the same time, I've seen other cosplayers where they've done that character and they've done like the bright Ron McDonald red or the, the bright neon carrot orange. And it just looks so much more like the character sure. when you do that. So I'm definitely branching more into that. Okay. 